Welcome back, friends, to your daily dose of ancient wisdom. We hope you have enjoyed book one rendered in English. And today we continue the rendering of Srimad Bhagavata Mahapurana, book two, discourse one, the process of meditation and the cosmic form of Lord described. Sri Shuka replied, this inquiry of yours, made with a view to the good of the world, O King, is most welcome. It is esteemed by the knowers of the self and is most important of all that is worth hearing, remembering, or chanting. There are thousands of things worth hearing and attending to, O ruler of kings, for men who are attached to their home and engaged in performing the five great sacrifices enjoined on the householders and are blind to the truth of the self. Their span of life, O king, is stolen away at night by sleep or by copulation and in the daytime by the endeavors to make money or to provide for family. Maddened by the affection for those that are intimately connected with oneself, namely one's body, pognancy, wife, and so on, Unreal as they are, one fails to visualize their end, though actually witnessing it. Therefore, O descendant of Bharata, he who seeks to attain the fearless state of moksha should listen to, recite, and dwell on the stories of the Almighty Lord Srihari, the soul of the universe. To be put in mind of Sri Narayana at the last moment of one's life, that alone is the supreme reward of human birth. However, this may be earned through self-knowledge or devotion or even through steadfastness to one's sacred duty. Even ascetics, O king, that are established in the absolute and have reached beyond the sphere of injunctions and inhibitions generally delight in discoursing on the virtues of Srihari. This Purana, which is known by the name of Bhagavata and is sacred as Vedas, I studied towards the end of Dwapara age from my father, the sage Dvaipayana or Vyasa. Fully established as I was in the Absolute, my heart was captivated by the pastime of Lord Sri Krishna of excellent renown. That is how I studied this Purana, O royal sage. You being a votary of Lord Vishnu, I shall recite the same say, self same Purana to you. For the mind of those who repose their faith in this Purana quickly conceives disinterested love for Sri Krishna, the bestower of liberation. For those who have developed an aversion for this world and seek to attain the fearless state as well as for realized souls that have attained the union with God, O King, the chanting of Sri Hari's name has been concluded to be the best means as well as the end. To a man who is negligent about his own interests, of what use is this world for long years of life that slip away unnoticed and spent in ignorance? Much more valuable is the hour concisely spent in endeavoring for the highest good. Having come to know that he was to live only for an hour more, the royal sage, the cut Khatwanga renounced everything in that short space of time and sought refuge of Srihari, who dispels all fear. 
the limit of your life, O descendant of Kuru, is yet seven days from now. Meanwhile, accomplish all that is conducive to your welfare hereafter. When the hour of death comes, man should shake off all fear and cut with the sword of non-attachment the tie of affection for his holy body as well as those that are connected with it. Full of self-control, he should quit the house, bathe in holy waters of some sacred stream or lake, and squatting on a seat made according to the scriptural ordinance in clean and secluded spot, should repeat with his mind the holy pranava consisting of three parts, a, u, and m. Nay, controlling with his breath, he should also subdue his mind, taking care not to forget the pranava, the seed of the Vedas. Having reason for his helpmate, he should withdraw his senses from their objects with his mind and by the dint of his reason, fix his mind, distracted as it is by tendencies of action on the blessed form of the Lord. With a concentrated mind, he should meditate on any one limb of his body. When the mind is withdrawn from all external objects by thus fixing it on one limb at a time, it should be so completely absorbed in the thought of Lord that he should cease to think of anything else. Such a state is a supreme reality of Lord Vishnu, by attaining which the mind is flooded with the ecstasy of the divine love. In the course of such meditation, one's mind is distracted by the force of the rajas, passion, or obscured by the force of tamas, the darkness, or opacity. A wise man should curb it through concentration, which destroys the impurity occasioned by the rajas and tamas. When through the practice of such concentration, the practicing yogi is able to behold his blissful object, the Lord, he forthwith attains yoga or union with the gods which is characterized by bhakti or loving devotion. The king asked, How is concentration practiced, O holy sage, and on what object has it been approved by the scriptures, and what kind of concentration speedily removes the impurity in one's mind? Sri Sukha replied, Having acquired steadfastness of seat and control on one's breath, and having conquered attachment and subdued one's senses, one should fix one's mind on the material form of the Lord by force of one's reason. That is his cosmic or universal form, the grossest of the gross, wherein is seen his phenomenal universe in its past, present, and the future form. The Lord, whose tenants this cosmic body with its seven sheets, consisting of water, fire, air, ether, and the ego, the Mahat Tattva, or the principles of cosmic intelligence, and Prakriti, or the primordial matter, as the great being, or Virat Purusha, he alone is the object of concentration. The knower of the truth describe him thus. 
Patala, the nethermost sphere comprising the heart of the terrestrial globe, constitutes the soles of his feet, and the Rasatala, the sphere immediately enclosing Patala, the hinder and the front part of his feet. Mahatala, the sphere immediately enclosing the Rasatala, corresponds to the ankles of the creator of the universe, and Talatala, the sphere immediately enclosing Mahatala, is the shanks of the Virat Purusha. Sutala, the sphere immediately enclosing the Talatala, represents the knees of the cosmic being, while Vitala, the sphere immediately enclosing Sutala, and Atala, the sphere immediately enclosing Vitala, are enclosed in his in its turn by the crust of the earth from his thighs. The earth's surface corresponds to his lions, O king, while they speak of Bhuvarloka, the sphere immediately enclosing the earth as his navel. Indra's heaven, the sphere immediately enclosing the Bhuvarloka, forms his breast. Maharloka, the sphere immediately enclosing Indra's heaven, his neck, and Janaloka, the sphere immediately enclosing the Maharloka, his face, below the brow. Tapoloka, the sphere immediately enclosing the Janaloka, is recognized as the brow of the primal person, and Satyaloka, the highest of the seventh heaven, immediately enclosing the Tapoloka, as the head of the thousand-headed Lord. It is said that the gods from Indra downwards represent his arms, the cardinal points, his ears and sound, his auditory sense, Nasatya and Dasara, the twin Ashwini Kumaras, the physicians of gods, are the nostrils of the Supreme. Order his orifactory senses and flaming fire his mouth. The sky constitutes his eyes, the sun, his sense of sight and day and night from the eyelids of the cosmic being. The abode of Brahma in the Satyaloka represents the play of his eyebrows. Water, his palate and taste, his tongue, they declare the Vedas as the crown on his head. Yama, the god of retribution, constitutes his grinding teeth and the various forms of personal affection manifested in individual, his other teeth. The Maya which deludes men represents his smile and the unending eternal process of creation, his sidelong glazes. Bashful forms, his upper lip and greed the lower. Pity constitutes his right breast and the path of unrighteousness his back. Prajapati, the god presiding over creation, represents his penis and god Mitra and Varuna his testicles. The ocean from the cavity of his abdomen and the mountains the system of his bones. The rivers constitute his arteries and veins, and the trees, the hair on the person of the cosmic being, 
O King of Kings. The air possessed of infinite strength in his breath, time represents his movement and the uninterrupted action of the three gunas in the form of creation, his activity. The wise recognize the clouds as the hair on the head of Lord and twilight as the raiment of the infinite being. O chief of Kurus, they declare the unmanifested primordial matter as his heart and the familiar moon represents his mind which is seat of all passion. They speak of Mahatva, the principle of cosmetic cosmic intelligence as the power of understanding and Rudra, the god of presiding over destruction as the ego of the universal spirit. The horse, the mule, the camel and the elephant represent his nails while the deer and all other animals abide in his hips and lions. The birds are his wonderful workmanship the first Manu, known by the name of Swayambhu, represents his intellect and man, the offspring of Manu, his abode. The Gandharvas are the celestial musicians, the Vidyadharas, another class of demigods, the Charanas, the celestial bards, and Apsaras, the celestial nymphs, represent the reminiscence of his melody and the demon hosts his virility. The Brahmana represents the mouth, the Kshatriya, the arms, the Vaisya, the thighs, and the dark-complexed Shudra, the feet of that mighty being. And the performance of sacrifices that are not conducted with the help of material substance such as clarified butter, and in the name of classes of the deities bearing various names is his occupation. Such is the magnitude and constitution of the cosmic body of the Lord, as I have just told you. It is on nothing apart from this. Just as a dreamer sees himself projected in various forms in a dream, it is one all-witnessing self who experiences everything through the intellects of all. One should devote oneself to that embodiment of truth, the storehouse of bliss, and should not feel attached to any object, for such attachment brings about degradation of the soul. Thus ends the first discourse in Book 2, describing, among other things, the cosmic body of the great being, of the great and glorious Bhagavata Purana, otherwise known as Paramahamsa Samhita. Thank you.